Welcome to the Quack Hole Podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Ducks podcast on the web photosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official Quacky and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack. 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 Q-U-A-C-K. Oh, in. Oh! I am your host, Adam Chameo. I'm Aaron Schroeder. This is the Quack I'm Aaron Podcast. Ah. The most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks sporting podcast on the web Photosphere, and I am way too excited to be talking about these basketball teams. How you doing? Really? Well, no, there's still hope. That's the annoying thing. We absolutely can't say like both these teams are so freaking talented. No spoiler alert for for my co-host here, who who isn't a hundred percent caught up to these. Yeah, Adam, how many games did you watch this week? I watched four. I watched four. Basketball games in their entirety, every damn minute of it, and we will report on those on this week's episode of Quacksitball. However, first and foremost, you know we got some news, we got some news, we got some plugs, some of those plugs being Aaron. What? Did you know we have a Patreon? Yes. Did you know we've been putting content on there every damn week for years now? Adam, I did. Well, that's good. Because it's true. It exists. The Quack 12 Patreon. Go over to quack12.com. That'll lead you to our Patreon, which is a wonderful way to support this podcast, if I do say so myself, uh, for and five measly dollars. I do. I just did. It's actually recorded, so I can't even take it back because uh, we, we don't edit these things. For five measly dollars, you get hours and hours and hours of Oregon Ducks content. Can't recommend it enough uh, because I get that money. <laughs> but it's really good. Uh, duck history, duck, you know, ducking around in general. It's a good time. It helps us out. Also, for zero dollars. You can give us five stars on Apple Podcast hey or now. your listening device. That's free. And that only helps us get other people to maybe come over to our Patreon. So if you can't give us five bucks yourself, at least set the trap for us to get mm-hmm. five bucks from someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And also leave a comment if you can, because yeah. it helps. Like like Aaron was just saying, it helps people find us. I'm gonna look right now to see if we have any new comments. We probably um, do. They love Hitler Day. Oh boy! I've, well, I've fallen out of favor as the number one favorite. The most recent uh, comment we—I'll read it right now. It was actually only about uh, seven days ago. So there you go. All I right. love this. Quack quack. Don't look back. This guy gets the show. This is from Dougie Awesome. If you're an Oregon Duck fan, you'll love this podcast. The hosts are quick-witted and are a hoot and a half. Get the dog ready and prepare for an entertaining walk outside. Adam is knowledgeable about the team and blends in the right amount of humor with his insights. Though he's quick to admit his lack of enthusiasm of men's b-ball, let's go women's. Aaron oftentimes plays the foil. He acts as the everyman, the modern day you and this me. Real? In a figurative sense. This is, yeah. I'm not. I'm wow. not improvising. Wow. This. <laughs> the modern day you and me in a figurative sense, and I see myself as him. He is me. We learn more and more about the sports, the players, the history of the Ducks, and what life is like in, wow. around. And beyond Eugene. Not done. The podcast is a blast. And if you haven't listened to it, give it a try. If you don't like it, try two more. And I guarantee guarantee you'll be looking forward to the next episode. Five stars. Damn. Wow. Well, you're not, you're not going to do better he than Dougie, me. but try. The point <laughs> of me is that I am the universal consciousness that is in all of us. 
That's all I'm trying how, to tap into here. How solipsistic of you. Did well, I use the right word? Who knows? Dougie Awesome? Dougie Awesome. That yes, is, indeed that, he is. <laughs> that's an all-time review. That is a great one. Uh, if you write Dougie it, we will read indeed it. indeed e awesome. Mm. Mm. Yes. Okay, sorry. Uh, Aaron, football yep. news, and it's it's not good. Okay, yep. well, I'm glad you at least lifted me super high so whenever you drop me, it'll hurt more. Hey, man, I don't think you can get any higher, babe. All right, let's do it. Okay, Adrian Clem, yeah. our O-line coach, which there were rumors of him leaving for a while. We thought they were just rumors. Um, to the Patriots to join old Bill Belichick uh, as, well, at first... There was an opening as OC. Uh, rumor is that he he interviewed for that job. Did not get that job. Because as we know, that went to OC Bill O'Brien, uh, Alabama Crimson Tides, former offensive coordinator. So we knew he wasn't getting that job, and it looks like we were safe. In fact, Dan Lanning was even asked, like, uh, is there any possibility of coaching change-up? And he said... I don't anticipate any changes at this time. Well, he was wrong, whether willfully or or unwillfully. He was. Well, maybe wrong. at that was, exact moment. Maybe at that exact. He moment, was right. He looked over. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe, or maybe like he said that, and he looked over at Clem, who was in the room, and he kind of gave him like a. Ooh, maybe who knows? Uh, yeah. Because Clem is leaving to be, I believe, to work on that O line. Uh, for Patriots. the NFL's wow. New England Patriots. That is right. Uh, he, I mean, he played for the Patriots from 2000 to 2004. Oh. Three Super Bowls in his NFL career. Uh, three Super Bowl wins. Um, this is wow. kind of, yeah. I could give you a good and bad about him, or not so bad, I should say even, because it's not, I mean, it's not a great thing that he left, or not so good thing, I should say. Sure. But I can get there's some ways you can look at it, whether you're an optimistic, whether you're pessimistic. Wait a second. You know, what's that? This is the guy when mm-hmm. we're watching the games, mm-hmm. he's up in the box. Mm. I don't know if he is in the box. This isn't the offensive coordinator. This is uh maybe he's up there, I don't know. Oh, what is, he's not the offensive coordinator. I thought you said he was. Sorry. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, he is. Uh, he interviewed for the for that. He position, interviewed for the offensive which, coordinator, which would have been a pretty freaking huge upgrade. So he from, was just oh, he a was O line coach. O line yeah. coach. Duh. Thank you. But you said that. I'll tell okay. you this. Uh, he was. Well, I don't really care. I, I guess O line coach. I get dime you. a dozen, right? Mm, the things he was good at. I'll tell you this. He was a mm-hmm. good recruiter. Absolutely. I mean, he got five-star offensive tackle Josh Connerly to us in the 2022 class. That was the number one offensive tackle in the nation, the highest-rated O-line commit ever to sign with the Ducks. So that's pretty freaking good. Uh, he led our our, our O-line, our run game. But yeah, I believe his title, his other title was run game coordinator at, at the Ducks. Oh. And we had a great run game. That was... That was never a problem at UL this last year. Uh, we had great two wonderful running backs. The running game was just on pace for a million yards a second. We were doing real good in that regard. You know, you can look at it as he was here for one year. He was working mainly, I mean, practically all with Cristobal's recruits, which Cristobal, whatever you want to say about him, was a great recruiter. Really good, worth working at the O-line, and he was working with a veteran group. So a lot of people probably would have gotten uh, a, a good amount from this O-line, from these running backs. Still, you know, he did do well in that regard. I will say, though, Aaron, do you remember in the off season, last offseason, there was so much coaching change-up and stuff that we had an episode completely dedicated to background checks for our coaching staff, which literally was just us typing in a coach's name yeah. and then typing in the word scandal. I, yes, I do remember that. Really? There was only one guy who popped up real negative in that. And it was and this that guy. that was, in fact, this guy. 
So this guy's um, leaving. This guy is leaving. Great. So, I mean, scandal-wise, we're a little less scandalous. So well, that's kind of nice. you know what, too? Uh, it also makes sense that he would go to the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, right? Because, I mean, I mean, little scandal to- does as little <laughs> scandals do. You are a little scandal, do. Um, I mean, basically, these scan not not to bring up old dirt, but I mean, I guess he's not a duck anymore, so who cares? Yeah. But it was the first one was like you know, like recruiting violations, which I never really care about that much. Uh, you know, if it's paying a player or something, this is while he was at UCLA, right? Paying a player or something, it's like, eh, I don't. Who cares? However, I also do believe there's this really weird one where he was. Basically, someone with a he was kind of telling his players like you know like hit this motherfucker like I want you to give him a concussion. That's like right. Had, a player had already had a concussion and he, he was telling players to hit him. So that's not a right. Great look. That being said, I don't know. He seems. I mean, the media and the college football landscape seems to have forgiven him of these crimes because it doesn't really pop up very often well but um we're a little less scandalous i don't think they ever cared to begin with you know they just performance is all that matters what are your stats yeah and his his stats are pretty good so we're down that we're gonna have it's it stinks to have to then all right now we got to get an o-line guy like go out there and steal someone else's let's see but it'll also be like okay dan landing this is a really tough situation you know, getting uh, an O-line person this late, an O-line coach this late into the season. Let's see what happens. Um, because Cristobal was so good at being, like, hiring the next guy. Like, give him credit for that. So let's I'm, see what happens. I'm truly not concerned. Like you said, he was already working with veteran players. There was already an installed mindset that he was able to just, like, manipulate to better suit whatever he needs. But, like, you know, as far as, like, the chemistry between players is going, mm-hmm. he doesn't have to work on that. So it doesn't matter because whoever comes in was going to have to do that anyway. You know, that was going to be a responsibility anyway. It's yeah, it's tough to say. Let's just um basically it's like it's one of those things where it's like, well, we don't know until we see what happens. And even if like suddenly our run game is just completely looks off and is terrible, that doesn't necessarily mean the loss of Clem is what sparked that. Like we are right. losing some great veterans in O line. However, if that does happen, this is something we've circled and be like, oh, maybe that's the problem, you know. Sometimes losing an assistant coach, we're going to get into this in a little bit. Sometimes losing an assistant coach can be way worse than you thought it was. You know, you don't know the chemistry within the actual team, within the roster. So sometimes it can be a real big deal. Okay. But sometimes well, it doesn't matter at all. I don't think it matters. I don't think it's going to be a big deal because... You know, you talk about the recruiting aspect of stuff and being good at recruiting. Mm -hmm. I think our school in general is good at recruiting its, you know, administrative staff. (laughs) So I think through the tumult tumult that is the offseason when everybody is changing jobs. Yeah. Like, of course, it's going to be a total fucking, you know, giant mega wave against a fucking beautiful crest side view, bro. But like, <laughs> I'll tell you this. I I totally agree with you that it's like, yeah, you know, people are going to be fluctuating, going to different. Yeah, this is so. what happens. I don't think it's going to affect us. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We shall see. That's basically all the quacking news I have, which means we got to get. Covering that round ball, the round ball wrap up, aka everyone's favorite quack ball. I'm so sorry. I was like, I thought you were setting me up perfectly, but no. Oh, it's funny. I like getting cut off. 
They're my favorite team. They always like to make me scream. Missing the three, missing the layup. Hey, what is up with these ducks? Says I'm not a rapper. I'm not a rapper, y'all, if you couldn't tell. This ain't SoundCloud, Missing these right? threes, missing these layups. Uh, layups motherfuckers so busted, they can't even pay up. Sure. Personal up loans up. the size of a ceiling. Ceiling. Yeah. Don't you know oh, they I was... got me feeling. Feeling. I'm doing the Beast Boys <laughs> thing. Oh, I thought you were giving me Q words. Uh, you're hyping Ruth me. the okay. Hebrew, where are you? I yeah. You All right. Well, shit. I guess should we start with women's or men's? Does it matter? I'm, I want you to choose. Men's. 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 Here we go. Now, uh, some shit happened here. Men's basketball. Now, it is gearing up, even though we haven't had a great season, and it kind of looks like the pack. I mean, we can just basically say this. With UCLA doing as well as they are, and Arizona, the Wildcats, doing as well as they are, it's it's unlikely that, I mean, it's basically impossible that we actually get first or second place in the Pac-12. Let's just get that out of our minds. It's kind of, I mean, top four, though, that that's a really good spot to be, I okay. think. And for, it sets up well for the Pac-12 tournament. Our main goal is to get into the big dance. We all know that. That's all that matters for basketball. Uh, truly my favorite sporting event in the world is March Madness. I've said this before. It's what gets me excited, especially for like collegiate shit. Maybe, maybe the um, college football playoff will replace that, but probably not because March Madness, everyone's got a shot. You know, I love. Yeah, it. I was about to say college football playoff seems like the least interesting aspect of college football. Well, you may be right, dude. Unless we're in it, people agree with you. And then, of course, it's obviously it. the most important part. Yeah, unless we get blown out. Which, and then it's still not important, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of blown out, um, so we go against Arizona. Arizona is pretty freaking red hot. Absolutely one of the best teams in the country and in the Pac-12. However, last time we played them, it was at Matt Knight Arena, and we beat them. It was after just getting humiliated by Arizona State, but then we rebounded with our by far our best win of the season. Our big men really took Azulis Tabellis, their big man, out of the game, and we were able to get our, you know, our best win of the season. Now, we had to go down to McHale Center. Dude, Arizona is crazy about basketball, especially when they got a good team. And so McHale Center was lit. They were basically ripping the chairs out of the stadium. Like, very tough environment. We got to give them credit for that. So we go down there. If we steal a win against Arizona, suddenly the, you know, Pac-12 play is really open for us. Like, that's a huge notch. That's a really good win. That's another quadrant one win, which is what you need to actually get in the tournament. And it could have meant a lot of things for us. Long story short, shit did not happen. Because <laughs> Azulis Tabellis, he you know he was looking pretty mortal in that first game in down in Matt Knight Arena. And uh, uh, Folly Dante and Biddle were really able to just like blanket him and just take him out of the game. Not this time, dude was insane. Is his name Ivan Drago, the the Russian guy in uh, in Rocky? I think that's maybe. I think that's him. He has. I just always say Dolph. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, I Draga. he has some Dolph. Uh, yeah, Ivan Drago. I would crush you, right? Um, I don't know. Uh, well, dude, he had a lot of those vibes because he just came in, and, and he's not Russian, but it just came uh, in and was an absolutely just a machine. Just <laughs> destroyed us. Got 40 points in this game. Almost broke the McHale Center all-time scoring record from an individual. Like, still had had an amazing historic game. 
40 freaking points. He had 27 in the first half. So just broke this thing wide ass open. Wow. It was six was 16 of 21 from the floor while doing it, too. It's not like he was doing high volume. He only missed five shots. Wow. Uh, Dude was freaking amazing. Is he getting a point per minute? I mean, for him, yeah. He scored 40 points. He played less than 40 minutes. Like, he was on the bench for some of it. They like See? He could, there it is, Adam. He could have gotten more. Yeah, Look. I mean... <laughs> Proof is in the pudding. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do is have a historic game every night. Um, he also got one block, nine rebounds, eight of nine from the charity stripe. Like, he was the reason why Oregon was just out of this game. We didn't even play that bad, I would say. Like, Did, defensively, sure. But were we not able to team terror. up on him? Um, No. The second, this I mean, it was a team effort, as in they recognized he was hot, and the second they got the ball to him, he was just like, uh, he, he just made Dante look a, like a statue out there. Wow. And then Ware and Biddle, they are not on his level, and he was just, boom, straight to the hoop every time, you know, d- doing awesome moves to get there, was just, was just dominant, was not forcing it either. Is he was a freshman really- too? No, no, no. He's oh, he's okay. a veteran. Like this okay. will be his last season. Uh, could be the best player in college basketball right now. Just, Ooh. I mean, was just dominant. It was impressive to watch. And at a certain point, you just had to throw your hands up. Yeah, I mean, I do. <laughs> I, I, if I was a coach, I've now watched multiple sporting events this Mm -hmm. year even in nfl level where i'm like there's a certain point where you realize you're gonna get outclassed there's just no way you're gonna win this game like statistic Mm -hmm. it's just not feasible for real Mm -hmm. uh to where i'm like i would mercy rule myself if that if i got in a game where it was was like look they're gonna beat us so let's just call it a, a loss we got the l I'm going to get my guys in the shower early. I am so glad <laughs> you're not our coach. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I get what you mean. Basketball is this beautiful sport where it does kind of feel like, to compare, uh, this is a weird comparison, but, like, it feels like professional wrestling. As in, like, when you when they're trading haymakers sometimes. And it's just like, Oh, I mean, this happens with the women's team all the freaking time where it's like, oh, they're rallying back. It looks like they're really getting some momentum. And then that other team will get something where it'll be like a block transition into like a transition three can just feel like a huge dagger. It feels like in wrestling when like, you know, someone will get a haymaker and they do that little like like cartoonish like spin around like they're like like woozy you know yeah like if if can feel like that like momentum is such a it's such a huge part of basketball even more so than like football yeah you know because because it's just it's the flow of the game and in this the ducks just could never get their footing i mean i should say we started this game out with like a 5-0 run real quick. So that was nice. But then they call a timeout and then boom, 21-2 run from the University of Arizona. Wow. So and from then on, like we did get close. Um that Ducks tells were back me, within 6, yeah. Yeah. As a layman, that all that tells me is that's how long it took their coach to figure out what kind of game we were going to play. And then they just switched up to match that game style because they already knew it existed. And then they just destroyed us with it. I mean, Tommy Lloyd is a hell of a coach. You can't deny it. Um, he's absolutely he's cool. great. Oh, yeah. He he was on Gonzaga's squad forever. Uh, and he they, they finally... You know, finally a team was able to lure him away. And Arizona's has been a great program, so it makes sense oh. that it would be that. Yeah. And Gazanga um, was great. Gazanga. Gazanga's always good, dude. 
Yeah, uh, not so good this year. So maybe he was the the secret. There you go. How uh, interesting. But, yeah, they're a powerhouse every year. Um, but Man, I mean, the Ducks gold. did get within <laughs> six. <laughs> Ducks did get within six. It was like twenty three seventeen because we went on ten two to run thanks to actually hitting threes, which is bonkers that we can do that on this team. Um, but dude, I mean. <laughs> they kicked the shit out of us. 91 to 76. Dana Altman was even saying, like, <sighs> he was being like, you know, offensively, we played well enough to win this game. Like, we were 41% from the floor, 9 of 26 from three-point range. That's not bad. Uh, it was just defensively, we had no answers, and they just ripped our heads off and drank our blood so what can you say arizona's a really good team yeah after that we play arizona state now do you remember this aaron arizona state famous i love it for the curtain of distraction we've talked about this in the past do you remember this oh yeah this is their like they get pvc pipe make a little frame uh, have actual, you know, curtains there, and then uh, they'll have, right. like, fans, yeah, you know, come out and do some zany thing. The highlight this week was one of the fans shirtless, and, you know, a, a comedic shirtless image, I'll say that, not to be fatphobic, but <laughs> it was funny that this guy was shirtless. Uh, it was. It did not turn me on all that much. Um, he had a giant thing, a tub of mayo, a giant serving spoon, and was just dishing out the mayo, eating big <laughs> bites of it, and then rubbing it on his chest. And it did make us miss a free throw. And honestly, yeah, so it, it they did do their job. Arizona State, a hey, very now. plucky team. Yeah. <laughs> what you just did... Is gave me a perfect, <laughs> perfect <laughs> feeling mm-hmm. of being that age again. Oh yeah, where that shit I'm... is the norm. Oh, just like there's eat nothing. Mayo? There's nothing about <laughs> that. Like what that man is doing is like on the level because we're all twenty here. <laughs> <laughs> I I honestly love ASU basketball. Not only that. But every February for Black History Month, they wear the dopest uniforms for basketball that I've seen, period. I really, really like the looks. I'll I'll pull it up for you here while I'm chatting. Men's basketball. So basically, men's team is on the ropes. Yeah. And, And Arizona State, they're definitely not the, like, top top four or you know they were they were trying to get into the very top of the Pac-12 play um they are they were really like basically Oregon and Arizona State were in the same situation where it's like whoever loses this is really gonna fall down and then the other one has a a shot at you know reclaiming this season jumping back on it you know right um because, like, Arizona State is a pretty dang... They're, they're actually... Both of these teams... These are the bottom tier of uh, three-point shooting. Neither of us. Like, surprisingly, ASU was the only team who shoots the three worse than us. So that was a pretty fun matchup. And both of, the, like, both of these teams are, like, nearly good. There's so much... Good talent on these teams. Yeah. And, like, someone had to lose this game. And so there was desperation all around this game. Like, like both teams had a lot to play for. Ugh. And as you see here, these uniforms are dope, aren't they? What do you think? Uh, sure. It's Ooh, white look- and maroon. It has... No, but look at those looks sides. like basketball on the side cut. Well, that's a little, those, are, those are flowers. Those are sunflowers. That's what I like about it. Oh, huh. not as not as sure. Impressed. Fair enough. It's great, but 
so what I'm saying is the game itself, not just the fashion. Fashion was great. Game itself was desperate. We needed this one. And we got it. We barely got it, but we got it. Uh, the game, actually, we did dominate for most of it. Um, a 12-point lead with, like, 11.30 left in the game. So we were actually able to build a pretty good cushion. Uh, and Folly Dante especially had a really good game. Um, both of both squads looked pretty bad for a while because, like, in the first half, there was, like, we traded for a roughly four-and-a-half-minute scoreless, scoreless stretches. So Great. defensively, both teams were doing pretty well, but like, yeah, it was it was not the prettiest game to watch. <laughs> um, there was a key point that Dana Altman specifically pointed out, where what could have been an eight point deficit really flipped around, and it made it so we only trailed by three at the half, and that is so they had just scored a three. Um, they were about to try to inbound the ball to score a quick bucket to go up eight just before the half. But Rivaldo soars. He deflects a pass, which then gets to Keyshawn Bartholomew, and Bartholomew drains a three, and he was he was lit from it. It was awesome. You could feel the energy. So that three makes it so it's now 30-27. to 27. And then in the second half starts... Bartholomew is the first to score another triple. Boom. We're in this thing. Like, that really felt pretty huge. Um, and then from then on, Ducks were actually doing pretty well. We were out playing the Sun Devils. One thing that happened is late in the game, they did, the, uh, they did a full court press because they were in desperation mode, and it was way too effective. We could barely inbound the ball. And we were just turning over like crazy. Honestly, the turnovers were a big problem in this. But Arizona State, like, they'll turn you over. That's their game. Uh, right. But they'll turn you over. They'll turn you over. And uh, then they'll was, win. Mm, yeah. Mm, yep. But not this time. We had 17 turnovers in this Jeez. game. Jeez. Oh, that's, 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 uh, that's too much. But that's big. Sh- Shooting-wise, this is, you know, we've been a pretty poor shooting team. 47% from the floor, not terrible. 43% from three-point range because we went 7 of 16. Improvement. Big improvement, big improvement. Um, Yeah, this this was a much-needed win. This was, it felt really good, and it got our net ranking. Now, net is, again how they kind of judge a lot of these teams. It, right. It's it's a lot about, like, not only who you beat, but where you beat them and who they beat. And not only that, but the opponents <laughs> that your opponents then beat. So it right. goes deep. It goes deep. Um, the transitive and, property is strong with this one. Honestly, yeah. And, and But with that win... It the reason why it was a real big deal. Um, with that, our net ranking now is fifty four, which puts us just above Utah, who we beat twice actually, which is net ranking fifty six, um, and puts us right behind Southern California, who's at fifty one. Mm. So. We got plenty of opportunity to rise in the ranks here, and it buried Arizona State, who's now at 67. We got a real opportunity because up next are the two California schools. Take out your head the possibility of winning the Pac-12. Winning, if we win this next week, which is kind of a must, just about, we don't absolutely have to do it, but if we don't sweep this next week, then the odds of us getting to the big dance are significantly reduced. We go against Southern California and UCLA. UCLA is a great team. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big challenge, but it is it's a possibility. It's a possibility. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Men's basketball did give me hope with that win over Arizona State, but they've done that many times this season and then been really disappointing. But it does seem like the chemistry, everything's coming back together. 
the three-point shot is starting to get there. Will Richardson's looking better. Dante's looking healthy, knock on wood. I'm excited. The only thing that's been a little bit sus is Kalel Ware has almost looks like he's gotten worse. <laughs> like, they're putting in Luke Wurr because he's, like, more of a sure thing, even though, like, physically he's not quite doing what Kalel Ware is, is capable of. Right. We'll see what happens. Maybe, you know, he's a freshman. Maybe he'll snap out of it. Maybe he'll play a little more aggressively and such. Uh, I think I think he's one of those time guys. You know, time like, I guys. think time next year is when we're really going to start seeing his, like, cocoon opening up because he'll have a whole season under his belt plus another off season to really understand what he was doing in that first season to improve on it. I'd like to, that's what I like to believe, baby. That's what I'd like to baby. believe. Aaron, let's go to women's basketball. But first, Ooh. a commercial break. Hey, podcast listener. Hey, Come you. over here. Come yeah. over here. Get over here, yeah. Nice headphones you got in here. Oh, yeah, I like those, Chevy. Be a shame if something were to happen to those headphones, eh? <laughs> Stomped them on the ground, eh? Be real easy to avoid that smashing if you went over to the Quack12 Twitter account and gave us a little follow. Just a little follow, that's all we're asking. And hey, look at that. I hear you're listening to your new podcast apps in your car, huh? Driving home, making the long journey feel a little shorter, eh? Is that yeah. what he's doing there, bud? <laughs> yeah, turning your three-hour drive into a nice little vacation, huh? Be a shame if your car ended up on the bottom of a lake. Splash. Splash maybe with you in the trunk of it, huh? Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. Maybe all that can be avoided with a little trip to the Quack 12 page on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts, Quack 12, give us five stars. Yeah, the internet. You got it, bud. Five stars. Leave us a little comment. Help other people find it. Maybe it'll help people find you when they find out that you're gone missing if you catch my drift. You seen the posters on the telephone poles? Yeah, those are those are people that didn't give us fucking five stars. Some of them did, and we did it anyways. And then uh, you know, uh, oh hey, hey look at look at this podcast listener on their long inner inner uh, continental flight, making things not so bad. Not wanting to hear that baby. By covering it up. Wah, wah, so they say. Putting on them headphones. Trying to get the Sky Waitress's attention. Get over here. Give me more of that Quack 12 podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, you want some more of that Quack 12 podcast, don't you? You want to buy some more from us, don't you? Get it. Otherwise, you know, because if you don't buy this Quack 12 podcast insurance, you never know when your plane's going to go straight back. Down into the water, into the old Atlantic, never to be seen again. Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. In case you don't want to be part of the rock and roller club of the bottom of the fucking ocean, then I recommend you go to the Quack 12 Patreon. Come on, come on. Why don't you go to the Quack 12 Patreon, give us five smackaroos, and for that, we can forget about the whole nasty business have you on your way. We'll forget about it. We'll forget about it, all right? Five measly dollars. That's all I got. Now listen up, punk. Because it looks like you're not seeing so good right now. My boss is talking to you, chump. Aren't you, chump? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, let him, let him go, Mikey. Let him go. In the bottom of the fucking ocean. Ayo! Quack, quack. And we're back on quack. Quack quack. Oh yeah, baby. Quack. Oh, Aaron. Um yeah, let's get into women's basketball. 
I'm just going to rip off the Band-Aid. It was tough, dude. It was a tough week. Now, to be expected. You know, you know we were coming off that loss to Stanford. Yep. Stanford is a freaking good team. It wasn't the worst loss. It was 54-62. to 62. We didn't shoot very well. But in the end, it's an eight-point loss to last year's national champion and clearly one of the premier teams in Pac-12 play. First thing that hurt my feelings is the Washington Huskies, Pac-12 bottom dwellers, basically. You know, bottom two, three, pretty regularly. They beat Stanford the week after, and that pissed me off, Yeah, quite frankly. What pissed me off more is we follow the loss to Stanford with two losses, and it hurts. First against Colorado. Now, Colorado... They are having a pretty dang good team, a uh, good season. Last season was really huge for them. This season, they're they're also doing really well. And uh, Aaron, this is one of those things. Like I'm saying, it it felt not too bad when we were losing to only the top tier teams. I kept being like, "All right, well, we're just gonna we're eventually gonna get one of these." They're so close. A lot of these games are really close, coming down to the last minute. You know, uh, this is, you know, top 10 teams we're losing to. Then it was starting with that loss against Washington State. That started to get things a little, uh, I'm not so sure about this. Colorado, again, a a good quality team, but we shouldn't be losing to them, and we did lose to them. And the thing that really hurt, and I know this is going to hurt, you're not going to like hearing this, Aaron. They shot a little bit worse than your your personal three-point percentage because this go-around, they got 0% of their three-point attempts. Wow. O of 16. 16? 16 attempts. Yeah, this is not like, oh, we didn't take that many and, you know. 16 attempts. All right. Zero threes. Okay, I think something serious is going on. I think we're I think we've been hexed. Somebody put a spell <laughs> on us. Pretty damn the, nuts, right? Look, um, there's should... a curse upon our house, Adam. We <laughs> must mm-hmm. go and collect the blood of three different like whatevers, combine them with the feathers of a crow. <laughs> Atop the yeah, mountain wait. of fucking okay. whatever's near Eugene. <laughs> okay, okay. And we okay. gotta we gotta break this spell. There's some there's some black magic plaguing our family. Yeah, I mean that's freaking nuts, right? Watching this game was bonkers. because uh, it's just like 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 dear lord, um, Watching 16 missed threes, to Colorado's credit, a lot of these threes were not easy. They were not open. This is not like when people play against the men's team and they're like, yeah, take your shot. We don't think you can yeah. hit it. Yeah, they, we they know what's we... going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, go for it, Will. <laughs> they knew we wanted to hit the three, and so there was a hand in the face at all times. Okay. But dear Lord, dude, not only that, but things were made worse because um, we were missing a lot of like easy layups, a lot of like post, you know, shots that we, that should have been a lot simpler. They were not going in. Um, but I mean, we entered this game second highest scoring team of the Pac-12, which is a high scoring league, and then we were the top three point shooters in Pac-12 play entering this game. And then when he missed zero of six, or we go zero of sixteen. Uh, absolutely nuts. And we were 36% from the floor, which is not very good. That being said, we were still in this game, like, just about the entire time. The last couple of minutes, they pulled away. But I was watching this thing being like, okay, we're still not hitting threes, but we can still freaking win this thing, which was nuts. But energy-wise, we looked we looked deflated. We looked like a team that had just got done playing Stanford, like, an hour before. Not a week before, like we looked gassed. Um, it was it was 
really tough. I mean, entering the fourth quarter, it was it was thirty nine to thirty seven, super low scoring, but only down by two. But Colorado went on a ten one run to start the fourth, and we were never really able to catch up from there. <sighs> that being That's- said, I want to say this. Yep, Hosendove who is, you know, coming off the bench a lot. And she came off the bench for Filipina Che, who I think Graves benched for playing reasons. Like, her speed was not in, was, you know, she was a little slow. She was two steps too slow for this Colorado team. Hosendove, who's definitely not the physical threat that Filipina Che is, she came in and played with a lot of good energy, did a lot of good things in this game. I would, you know, I would give her the MVP. If we would have won this game, I would have given her game ball. Um, that being said, I also want to point out Chance Gray actually missed her first free throw of the season, which is pretty impressive to get this far in. Um, you know, I, I know she just had a perfect 10-10, I do believe, not too long ago. But, do you think... Yeah. hmm Do you think that... 10.7 rebounds for Rosendorf. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, your thing is way more important, but... No, I just think... want to say 10.7 rebounds, Hosendorf, but continue. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think the idea that as a woman basketball player, knowing yes. that the, at best, you can do in a professional sense is like not amazing financially. Do you think that makes them yeah. go into it with like a no longer a huge desire to be like as hard on the court as they can be because they're like, at the end of the day, I'm still going to become a lawyer. You know, um, or something, or whatever. Well, I think the top tier, you know, like, if you're a Sabrina Ionescu, which, like, you know, there's only one Sabrina Ionescu, but there are players that I would imagine are still, like, you know, being a professional basketball player, which compared to NBA salaries and other men's salaries is unfortunately definitely not as high, is still, not you know, awesome. high, higher, than, higher than I make. You know, oh, you well, know, more sure. money than a lot. But like a hundred K a year whenever you have to be paying different state yeah. taxes gets dwindled. And you gotta be playing yeah. You know, Across the amount of money a lot you're of making a hundred K, but the amount of money you're paying out is astronomical. Yeah. So you're not I get making what you mean. any money. You're just surviving still. I mean that certainly affects like, you know, the fact that like women like a lot of college players, uh, women college players, like they're not going straight to the WNBA. They stick around a lot longer, develop right. games a lot longer, get a degree. But I don't think anything like like this. I think was just just got beat, low effort. I don't think it was because okay. Because you know, I, I mean, would, like I would hate to learn s- that because of that, there is a percentage of players out there who are just like. Well, I really don't care if we win or lose. I'm just like hanging out with my friends doing my fun hobby thing. I don't I don't think there's more. I mean, that would be I crazy, right? On cert- well, d- depends on what team you're on, you know. Right. Like you're in a Pac-12 team, starting roster, stuff like that. I don't I don't think there's really any of there certainly shouldn't be. Um and and when you got players who like have the potential to get to the WNBA like uh, India Rogers and such, yeah. then, you know, I they, guess they want to play. And they want to, you know, I hope the motivation actually isn't gone for the squad because we still got something to win, but there's some disheartening losses. Yeah. I want to get to this next one right away. Yeah, we I don't have to, to dwell disclaim. on The only it. reason why I brought it up is because I'm trying to get into, it's just so curious to me, like, what is going on? Like, what is this mystery thing that is not clicking right now? I couldn't tell you. Well, I'll tell you the there's a reason why Stanford women's basketball is so much better than men's basketball too, is because like the 
lure of a Stanford degree is so much better for the women's because it's like, well, you know, like like I have a very good shot of being a professional basketball player if I'm on the Stanford team because they're the best. But also, I'm going to stick around here for three, maybe four years and get a great college degree that will actually mean a lot more. If we're being real, I'll I'll admit it, a Stanford degree means a lot more than a lot of these other schools, including Oregon. If you want to be a forester slash firefighter, University of Oregon, baby. Oregon State's probably better. Okay, um, (laughs) this next one. So this is why it's kind of crazy this whole season, I would say, is there's not one thing you can circle to be like, yeah, this is the problem. Because one thing will be a problem one day, and then a different thing's a problem. And obviously you're going against different teams who have different strengths and weaknesses, but it's just kind of nuts. Because then we go against Utah. Utah is not exactly known for their defense. They're known as being one of the they're one of the top five most efficient offensive teams in women's college basketball right now. So that is quite the feat. They're number seven in the nation for a reason. Uh, you know, top two in Pac-12 play, especially after that Stanford loss. I believe they're tied right now. So they are having a really, really good season. So. It's no again. It's not that bad. It's not a bad thing to lose to a top ten team to a great team like Utah. Yeah. But when you're losing to every top twenty five team at a certain point, your quality losses are just losses. Right. And this was a competitive game, a really good game, but in the end, we lose by eight points and we give up. A hundred points. One hundred to ninety-two this game was. Wow. And it I mean it was competitive. These that were was two a teams. Fight. Oh yeah, dude. I mean Indra Rogers had a career high thirty-five points. She was killing it. She had a great game. Um Ducks were nine of nineteen from three point range. Much better. Uh, it was just Utah was 62% from the floor. I don't know. And 52% from three-point range. Is it not? I feel like that loss has higher uh, reward because, yeah, we got beat, but we stayed with them the whole time. Oh, sure. Like, every I mean, team beats us, but we, like, hang with them. Yeah. That's the thing, right? It's like a double-edged thing where it's like, it's amazing we're hanging with every team. Even when we're losing, we're basically still there. How are but we? we hang with with lesser teams, too. Yeah. With teams that we should be blowing out. Whatever you were doing to get 94 points, do that <laughs> in games where you're only getting 67 <laughs> points. Oh, there you go. You nailed it. <laughs> Just change. Keep hitting the mode of operation. Unless, conspiracy corner alert, Mm -hmm. here it is. I think um, Big Sport has uh, our coaching staff in their back pocket. And something is going on where us losing is generating income for some assholes somewhere. Somehow. Because they're betting on us now. Probably doesn't make sense, but I agree 100%. Um, Alyssa Peely, 30 points over there for the Utes. She had a great game as well. Jenna Johnson scored 19. Kennedy McQueen scored 16. Like, dear Lord, they, they just ran through us. And it really was like their three-point shooting was out of this world. They were not afraid to hit it, and it was just smooth, nonstop, endless parade of three-point shots. And just when it looked like the Ducks were like, oh, we're pulling the way, oh, we reclaimed the lead, they just, boom, like clockwork, nailing that three. And it's what they do. Um, They're not afraid to shoot it, and it's one of the reasons why they're a top-10 team right now. So, again, no specific shame in losing to them, but I'm starting to be like, I don't want to give them the any moral victories anymore like they 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 ran out of moral victories at this point because it's not going to get easier we've got usc coming up they're a great squad then we got ucla fantastic team 
We got Washington State, a team that beat us. We got to play them on the road. Washington, a team that we beat, but also they just beat Stanford. And again, we got to go to Seattle. So that could be, you know, that's not an easy win. And then we got the two Arizona schools to end it. Arizona State is kind of a garbage fire right now, but Arizona is a damn good squad, and they humiliated us. So right there, that's an e- we could lose five of our next six, like pretty easily, and we just lost five of our last six. <laughs> so that's what's on the table here. You know, you did the same thing last week, I feel like, where we're, like, talking about what's on the table and how we can parse this thing up to where we still get a piece of the pie. Mm-hmm. Here's the fact, bro. We're bottom feeders. <laughs> like, Maybe, they're unfortunately, gonna, they're gonna They're going to poop out shit, and we're going <laughs> to eat it up because as bottom feeders, that's what we do. Kind of are. Well, it's the crappy thing is we're bottom feeders yeah, with like the body indeed. of a shark. Where it's like, dude, what are you doing down here? Like, you could be a shark. You go do shark things. And it's like, nah, every time <laughs> we face another shark, they kick the crap out go of us. Go do so. shark things. It's God like, damn no. it, I think we've got a fucking Pixar movie on our hands. So can you tell can you tell me again? What do we need to do to reverse the bad luck? You said climb. Uh, let's say. Look. How we do? Someone go up to the top of Spencer Butte. That's a perfect no, place to do, do this. What you do. What you do is you train up three of your players who are going to be dedicated to being on, you know, at least one of the three will be on the court for an entire, for the, you know, remainder of the game. Yeah. For a game. The new big three, if you will. Okay. Yeah. And you train them up to be dominant <laughs> point making machines. All their goal is is one <laughs> point per minute. And with every bucket, you get two points. So just be in that mindset. When you're on the court, you're you're making a point a minute. Well, I'll tell you this, that is their mindset. Uh, it ain't working though. Well, it worked for India Rogers, thirty five well, thirty five points thirty nine minutes. So so damn close. Yeah. But get this, Taya Hansen, thirteen points, thirteen minutes. At a girl. She was also three of three from three point land. Five of six from the floor. Love that number. She, three of three is important. Yeah. Three of three. Three, That's three, a great three. one. So, I mean, again, it was like a better shooting night. It was like I wish some of those threes maybe have gone against Colorado. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I guess the new rule as well, though, is if you're able to lose and <laughs> okay. still generate 90 something points, <laughs> just lose like that. In a game, and you'll win, if that makes what sense. What the fuck are you talking about? I love it. Play the same no game. Idea what you're Whatever saying. you had to do to generate ninety-four points, mm-hmm. be generating that in every game. Because if you're losing at ninety-four points against a team that is like battling you, you should be you should be playing that hard. You should be winning by ninety-four points. Mm-hmm. I agree. And here's my advice. I'd like to close the episode on this. Hit every shot that you attempt and then stop every shot that the other team tries to make. And I think you'll win a lot more games. Look. Just saying. The leader of the rebound game will be the most important part of your defense. Wow. We're so wise. I I get why people listen to us. Ah. Quack 12 Podcast, at Quack 12 Podcast on Twitter, Quack 12 Podcast. Patreon can be found on quack12podcast.com. Please give us five stars. Leave us a comment as good as Doug's. Holy hell, that was a good one. I love it. Dougie Fresh, baby. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, that- keep your eye on this feed. We got a really fun interview coming up, I do believe, with Hithla Day and a guest. I think you're going to like it. 
Keep your eye also out for more Quacksball coming up. Hopefully we get some wins. Hopefully one of these damn teams ends up being good. I don't know. It's Dougie Awesome. Dougie Awesome, thank you. This episode has been fresh, but now it's rotten. We'll see y'all next week. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. quack, quack.